Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast, a podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastors that lead them. I'm Ryan Reed. And I'm John Martin. And this is the Imperfect Church Podcast. All right, Ryan, I'm excited about today's episode. I am too. Yeah, we got... But uh, I don't know if we've ever started an episode saying, I'm not excited about this episode. (laughs) That's true. That is true. We're excited about all of them. Man, and so close we're coming up on a year. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. hard to believe. Mm -hmm. This is going to be one of the greatest ever. Are you getting me anything? No. (laughs) No, I'm not getting you anything. Well, uh, I guess I'll take back your gift. Yeah, yeah, please do. Please do. I'm going to get you that uh, open sign from Lifeway that's in the shape of a fish. Can I tell you, you, that is what I want. Lifeway's going out of this massive sale, and I walked in the other day and thought, I want that neon open fish sign. (laughs) And then I thought, I want to go to every surrounding Lifeway and get me a whole school of them. I'm going to go see if I can get you that fish. That's what I want. Good deal. Well, today we have a guest on uh, that uh, is the co-host of a podcast that Ryan and I absolutely love Mm -hmm. called The Front Pew. And uh, we've been listening to that for quite some time. And uh, there are three guys on the podcast, but today we have uh, Chris Griggs with us. Welcome, Chris. Well, thank you very much. What an honor to be on the podcast with you guys. We appreciate that. We... uh, you guys have like the perfect name for a podcast. Thank you, thank you. That was a, it's imperfect. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We we uh, struggled long and hard to find that name. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a great name, really. Uh, uh, the, the only thing that you hear, I'm sure, over and over, is that you have imperfect intro music as well. Yes, yes, we hear that <laughs> a lot. And that was another uh, that was another brainchild of mine. I was looking for music, and I found it, and I said, "This is the one." And I showed it to my wife, and she said, "That is the opposite of you and John." <laughs> yeah. I said, "But it's so catchy." That's right. You find be. yourself uh, humming it all day. Yeah, yep, yeah, for sure. that's right. Well, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you uh, where you pastor, and uh, that sort of thing, just to get sure. us started. Well, I grew up in North Carolina and uh, was a part of a of a great church that discipled me, a pastor that mentored me, and somewhere around the eleventh grade began to consider vocational ministry, that God was moving me in that direction. So I went to college, and as soon as I graduated college, went to Southeastern Seminary and started preparing myself for ministry. And mm. Served on different church staffs along the way, and doing everything from student ministry to education ministry. And then uh, at some point, uh, really through the uh, influence of some friends and mentors, they said, hey, why don't you consider leading a church as a pastor you mm. you might you know you might find that your gifts are used well there so mm. i uh i began serving as pastor and i pastored a very very small country church in the middle of nowhere virginia in a little town called sutherland mm. virginia which is nowhere i mean 30 minutes, <laughs> 30 minutes to the grocery store yeah and so if you you you, you can't afford to forget anything yeah. you know, <laughs> right just, yeah just tobacco fields everywhere. And it was a great time. And uh, I had a, a, an experience there, which was pretty common, I guess. I mean, I got a phone call that, that somebody in our church had died. It just so happened it was a, it was a young girl. She mm-hmm. was a senior. She was an only child of one of my deacons. Mm-hmm. And, man, it paralyzed me. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to handle it. And then the, then the lady who called called back and said, oh, wait a minute. It, uh, it was a different girl. Mm. And uh, and so uh, that was just a, somebody I, I wasn't aware of. Yeah. But I realized in that moment I might not be quite prepared for ministry. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and so I joined the church staff and uh, was there for a few years. Did my doctoral degree at Southeastern while I was there, mm-hmm. and really decided, hey, I want to, 
I want a pastor, but I want to be ready for it. And then uh, this church called Denver Baptist in Denver, North Carolina, which is just north of Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And I've been here almost 14 years. Wow. Wow. 14 years in October. Yeah, That's great. That's good to hear. Um, I, you know, I keep trying to tell my wife, I saw a tweet the other day that Charlotte, North Carolina is the place to be. <laughs> and it was telling oh, like, really? the reason why is because it's close. It's, it's not too far from Disney world and it's not too far from Knoxville, Tennessee. And so I was trying to tell my <laughs> wife, like, this is it. I'm telling you, if we can find a, a yeah. middle ground, this is Charlotte. So oh, yeah, he's coming after it your is. church yeah. actually is what he's saying. <laughs> well, it is a fast, it is a, a growing, uh, Charlotte's a growing community. Mm-hmm. We're a bedroom community of Charlotte mm-hmm. and, um, there's not a lot in Denver. We have a Chick Fil A now. That's a big deal. That's wow, a big deal. that is a big deal. <laughs> yeah, big deal. And we have uh, a Lowe's. And we got a Walmart. None of that stuff was here when I got here. Wow. And uh, a Publix grocery store. And we're moving up in the world. That is right? good. It's, moving on up. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so we saw. Uh, we follow you on Twitter, and uh, just when uh, a couple of weeks ago, you started this Twitter thread, and for lack of a better word, it went viral. And so oh, we just yeah. have a couple of questions about that. One, how do you go viral on Twitter? <laughs> so we're just trying, no you know, we can't get anywhere there. So, uh, uh, but no, it goes, it goes viral. And, uh, this art, it, it turns into an article that, uh, T4G, not the T4G, the gospel, gospel coalition picks yeah. up. Yeah. So, so tell yeah. us about that experience. Uh, well, uh, you, you know, I'm not big. I mean, I don't do a whole lot on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Normally, uh, like on Facebook, I, I kind of view Facebook as a diary yeah, yeah. that maybe my kids will read when I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And so it's just family stuff and Bible verses and quotes from guys, dead guys that I want to remember and yeah. mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't really like bear my soul on Facebook mm-hmm. and, uh, and just stuff I want to remember and yeah. wouldn't mind if my kids looked at it in 20 years. Mm. And then uh, Twitter, I'm kind of new to that. I don't really do much on, on uh, Twitter. Usually, Twitter is the same thing, a Bible verse, and I have found myself putting quotes up there against Paedo-Baptist yeah. and uh, stuff like that. That's you always know, picking fun. Fights, yeah. Picking fights with my Presbyterian friends. Yeah. And so I noticed this uh, little ability to do a tweet thread, and so it was a Friday afternoon. It was the Friday before Good Friday. Mm-hmm. So it was the week before Easter. We were getting ready to go to the beach for spring break with some friends of ours and uh it was friday afternoon so i was tying up some loose ends and one of the things i was doing was calling some folks in the church that were you know sick i had a lady in the church who was facing death i mean Mm. she knew her window of time was closing i I wanted to check on these folks and in the midst of that i got a phone call from somebody who is a is a great guy but not not a member of the church Mm -hmm but has been attending and his parents have been here and his parents are older and his parents are really uh, physically challenged. And mm. I had gone to the hospital when his dad had surgery and took another staff guy with me. We were down there for a few hours. We prayed with him, you know, tried to encourage him, tried to, to tried to help him along a little bit. And he was calling to let me know that uh, while he appreciated us being at the hospital, we hadn't done enough. Mm. And uh, they were disappointed. They wouldn't be coming back to the church. Wow. And he just thought I should know that. Well, it, you know, he's not a member. He even told me, I'm not a member. I, you don't have any right to even talk to me about this, but I yeah. would think you would want to know that yeah. you guys failed mm-hmm. to, to meet our expectations. So I apologize. And I, I, but five minutes later, I, I'm on the phone with a guy, and he's the one. His wife was you know, near death. And all he could do was thank me profusely yeah. for yeah. how the church had loved him and taken care of them and all this kind of stuff. So in a matter of five minutes, I went from 
you know, you're a piece of dirt, <laughs> you know, to this is the best thing that's ever happened to us. Yeah. It, 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 you know, one of the, it, so I, I sat down and I thought, this is, this is kind of one of the pastoral realities mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't talk about. Yeah. Yeah. You guys sort of leaned into it on your last show when you talked about the summer slump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 When you, you were sort of saying, all right, well, just a, a month ago, the church was packed out. Right. And Memorial Day, we're at 50%. Right. right? And, and what you were saying was, you know, it's not about numbers, but there's the reality of discouragement. Sure. And so a lot of uh, my friends that listen to the Front Pew, pastor friends we've made from all over the United States, have had been expressing to me over the last several months just those same sort of sentiments mm-hmm. that they they don't feel like they can ever do enough to satisfy some people. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just an emotional roller coaster. We, we, you know, there's a lot of professions or, or vocations that are up and down. If you're right. in the medical field, for example, uh, you might, you know, if you're working in the ER, you might see tragedy and you might mm-hmm. see triumph. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, it's, so it's not just pastors, but we could do a funeral at 11 in the morning yeah. and weep with those who weep and then drive to the hospital and celebrate the birth of a baby. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And rejoice with those who rejoice, yeah. all within the span of a couple of hours. That's right. And one of the things I don't think pastors are prepared for are those emotional swings from yeah. the highs to the lows that, that constantly happen. Yeah. So I just sat down at the computer and I banged out this this Twitter thread, and I don't even, to be honest, I don't even remember much about it. <laughs> I, I, I just wrote it real quick because it was yeah. on my mind. Yeah. I just just threw it out there. Well, then I go to the beach Saturday and I have my phone uh, on the, one of those windshield magnet deals so I can look at the map, mm-hmm. and my phone is buzzing <laughs> yeah. every 30 seconds yeah. all the way down. But this thing just took off and went crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I looked at it, and there was almost a 1,000 likes wow. and shares and yeah. all kinds of stuff. And it it apparently touched a nerve sure. with, yeah. with, with a lot of folks who are pastors and then a lot of folks who are church folks yeah. who just realized, wow, I never considered the emotional sort of schizophrenia, I guess, of uh, of a week in the pastor, the life of a pastor. So I, I was grateful that some people were encouraged by it. And then uh, then I got an email from the Gospel Coalition saying, hey, we, we saw your thread. We'd love for you to turn it into an article. Yeah. And so while I was on spring break, I turned it into an article and I, and I emailed it to them. And to be honest, I never thought another thing about it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I actually kind of forgot about it. And then they emailed me at 1030 on a Thursday and said, hey, we're going to run it tomorrow morning wow and so they ran the article at 7 30 in the morning i get an email from a lutheran pastor in pennsylvania who says man that's my world and wow. i was encouraged so thank you and then i got a email from a from a pastor in maryland i got another email from a guy i don't know from where i started getting all these emails from pastors yeah. i started getting these direct messages from guys and uh yeah i think on the gospel coalition facebook page i think it uh it had like over 900 shares mm, on my wow. Facebook page. It just went, it went yeah. just crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I was just, I, I didn't think much about it. I was just trying to be an encouragement mm-hmm. to pastors who, uh, who that's our life. It's up yeah. and down. Yeah. It's, it, there's moments of, of, uh, of great contentment, uh, followed by moments of confusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's delight and there's discouragement. Yeah. And uh, and and we we live with that all the time. And so so I just threw it together, and and that's what happened. Yeah, and I think you're exactly right. I think it it 
it so resonated with pastors mm-hmm. that uh, that maybe they knew that or they've talked about it in circles of friends before, uh, but it's never been put down like yeah. that before. Mm-hmm. And so they see yeah. it and they go, "Man, that is exactly right." Mm-hmm. And uh, and you also said that about church members. You know, one of my church members shared it on Facebook and tagged me in it. Yeah, <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. like, "That is that is exactly right." You know, he uh, yeah he has yeah. he has hit the nail on the head for sure. Yeah, I think that's so that's so good hitting that uh that idea of of those emotional swings dealing with those emotional mm-hmm. swings and i love what you put in there uh something about you know this isn't every week for the pastor but this is not an right. atypical week right and, right, and that's right. that's so true uh, for church members to understand and for pastors to understand, and so we can be able to cope with it a little bit. And that's why I loved your your uh, your kind of add on on the article of these uh, the, the mature pastor knows these three things. Mm-hmm. And so that's yeah. kind of where we want to settle this podcast at today and just talk about these three things because they were they were fantastic reminders for all of us, whether we're having you know a high week or a low week or you know a mixed up roller coaster week. These are three important things for us uh, to to know right. and to to meditate on. Yeah, so right. the first one you know that you offer to us is that Jesus is the chief shepherd who has called him to be an under shepherd of the flock. Can I flesh that right. out for us a little bit? Right. Well, the church is not ours. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the church belongs to Christ and and we are the under shepherd. We're mm-hmm. not we're not the shepherd, we're the under shepherd. We serve uh him. Yeah. by serving well in the flock. And, and one of the things that we can get tripped up on is thinking that our value comes from how well uh, people respond to us, mm. to how well the, statistically the church is doing. Yeah. And this is just the temptation for pastors is to, to say, to, you know, in, in, a, in a season of discouragement uh, is to forget that our value isn't derived from how well uh, the church is going, mm-hmm. or how many people pat us on the back. Yeah. Uh, our value is rooted in the fact that that we belong to Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a noble thing for Him to call us in the ministry. Man, but it is his, it is his it's His ministry. Yeah, and and we're to serve Him well. And, and one of the things that will sort of guard your heart from deep discouragement when you're having a week like that, when you can't meet their expectations, when you disappoint people. When you when you feel like if you could only clone yourself, then maybe you could be everywhere you need to be, mm-hmm. and then you feel you know inadequate. I mean, there's a, inadequacy is a part of yeah, it. If you yeah. don't feel inadequate. There's a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> to let that get you discouraged is to back up and say, you know what, my value isn't determined by whether or not people like me. Mm-hmm. I want them. I want them to like yeah. me, but I don't need them. That's I don't right. need them to like yeah. me, but I want them to. And I definitely don't want to do anything that would make them not like sure. me. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be a jerk. Right. Yeah. That are jerks. That's right. Yeah. But but one of the things that you learn as you mature in ministry is that this thing really is about him. Mm-hmm. It belongs to him. My value is rooted in him. Mm-hmm. And and that gives me a little solid ground to stand on when I feel like things are crumbling around me in ministry. Yeah. That, that's kind of what I meant by yeah. that. Yeah, that's, uh, and I think this is a good point uh, to add in our, our dead man talking. Of course, you had a fantastic one in the article, and John said I couldn't use it because that would be cheating. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I think I loved uh, bringing in The Pilgrim's Progress, uh, one of my favorite books, yeah. um, and, and the, uh, the, uh, the interpreters, uh, the pastor in the interpreter's home. Um, right, and right. so this kind of goes along with that of, of the, the pastor being that under-shepherd and understanding that his worth and his value comes from his, uh, his standing in Christ. And it's from Martin Bucer. 
uh, a good friend, mentor of John Calvin around that area, uh, that time period. And he says, The health and life of the inner man consist in a true living faith in the mercy of God and a sure confidence in the forgiveness of sins which Christ the Lord has acquired and earned for us. This faith and confidence makes us truly love God and everything which pleases Him and brings us His good spirit who who affects in us a right will and ability to avoid everything that is evil and do everything that is good. And I think Bucer's right on that. When we when we understand our standing and our forgiveness and the love that God has given to us, then we love the things He loves, including His church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. So the second uh, second thing that you have here is that shepherds look and smell uh-huh. like sheep because uh, that's what they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I think that not only does a pastor need to grind, you know, ground his value in the gospel. Yeah, sure. But he also has to have, I would say, biblical anthropology. <laughs> yeah. He needs to understand that, that we uh, are dealing, you know, we're pastoring a people that are redeemed yeah. by the grace of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. but they are still broken people. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, Paul, the Apostle Paul said, you know, there's a lot of things I know that I should do, yeah. but I don't do it. <laughs> yeah. and, and then, you know, Jesus said, and, and others, the Bible declares that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yep. When, you, when you read Third John, real short book, John mentions three people in the church. Uh, one <clears throat> is a servant, one is a soulmate, and one is a stinker. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I might use that Sunday out- morning. Yeah, that's good. There's an outline for your service. That's good. Yeah. And so, you know, what you have is you have people that are are still in in the process of sanctification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who may bubble over with with holiness one moment, and then awfulness the next. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I discovered uh, early in ministry is that usually when when a church member uh, was disappointed, and they would just blast the pastor, or maybe they blasted you, they would express some disappointment. Yeah, they always felt better afterwards because uh, they viewed you as a person mm-hmm. that they could act in ungodly ways, and you had to forgive them. Yeah, because you, were a pastor. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you know. Yeah, and sometimes we bump into that ugliness. But the, the answer to that is not to isolate yourself. Mm-hmm. We are shepherds, under shepherds. Mm-hmm. We are to smell like sheep. And if you're going to walk among the sheep, if you're going to if you're going to be with them, if you're going to be in their life in the good times and the bad times, then you can expect that there's going to be those moments where you're riding this emotional roller coaster. Yeah. You're going to yeah. be hanging out with a group of pastor of folks from your church, and you're going to go home and say, "Man, those are the best people in the world." And then a week later, you're going to come home from a gathering or from going to the hospital or from a meeting, from a deacon's meeting, and you're going to say, i got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But they're sheep. Yeah. They're sheep. Mm-hmm. And your job, and that leads to the third, or sure. one of the points I was making, not the third point, but but one of those uh, responsibilities then is that as the under-shepherd, I'm not to make disciples of Chris, mm-hmm. but I'm to make disciples of Christ. And right. that ain't easy. You're right. And it takes a long time, and there's a reason why God calls His people sheep. I mean, they're you know they're they're difficult, yeah, they're yeah. stubborn, mm-hmm. they uh, they they often wander off the path, and and they need correction and they yeah. need guidance, and it's a long process. And I think a lot of young guys feel like that 
their first year of ministry is going to be like a year-long revival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then every day in the office is going to be like Thursday night at camp on the mountaintop. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Everybody crying and hugging, <laughs> you know, making commitments to Jesus. Right. And that only happens about you the know? fifth year, you know. you, you got to get through <laughs> it. Right. Yeah. You know, I think you're exactly right. right. That doesn't happen in the in, in two years out of place. You know, right. there, that's a yeah. that's a rooted issue. And, you know, I think about that as a, as a pastor – uh, before I uh, began serving the church, I didn't know anybody personally that had to go through the sufferings of cancer. Mm. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I didn't go to very many funerals. My grandfather, that was it. Um, and now, as a pastor, I have opened myself and my family up to hurts mm-hmm. because this is yep. what God has called us to. Mm-hmm. And the flip side of that exactly is, right. you know, that's the same with the Southern Baptist Convention. You know, we choose to align ourselves, and that there comes a lot of hurt and some frustrations that come with that. There, but the ultimate idea is that there's greater blessings than the hurts. Yeah, yeah. And there's even yeah. blessings within the hurts. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But they're sheep, and you have to remind yourself of that. Right. That, that you know, it just takes a lot of a lot of our folks are not where we are mm-hmm. in the sense of spiritual discipline, yeah. books that we've read. They're not reading old guys, mm-hmm. old dead guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not spending hours and hours in the text every week mm-hmm. preparing to preach. They're, they're they 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 they're not there. That's yeah. not mm-hmm. kind of where they're at. And sometimes we forget that we've got to slow down. We got to be patient. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean we're doormats. I'm, yeah. I have a rule that you're allowed. You're allowed to come in my office and say anything you want to say to me about anything. Uh-huh. But you're not allowed to do it unchallenged. Yeah. I'm allowed to challenge. Yeah, you. that's good. And uh, you know, I'm allowed to to disagree with you, and I'm allowed to point out that you might be wrong. And, yeah. and we're ultimately we're a family. Mm. We're, I'm I'm a sheep too. That's yeah. right. I'm yeah. the that's master, but I'm also a part of this thing. Right. And and that's important for a pastor to remember. Mm-hmm. And just give him his heart a little patience with these people. Now that doesn't mean that there aren't some really toxic places out there mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. where they they you know they chew chew up and spit right. out pastors right. regularly. There aren't those those places exist. Yeah. But for the most part, we're dealing with broken people who've been redeemed by Jesus who are trying to figure it out and sometimes broken people bump into other broken people yeah. and it makes a mess. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that we have to throw in the towel and stomp and pitch a fit and go to the next church down That's the road. Right. We just have to be patient. Mm-hmm. Let God do his work in them through our ministry to them of preaching and nurturing and discipling and all that kind of stuff. But that's what that that little second point of mature pastors sort of figures that out at some point. Yeah. yeah. So they don't they don't freak out as much when they have those emotional moments. Right. Yeah. Right. And you know you've you've already hit all all around the third one, uh, and it's all sheep have a way of making the ministry both awesome and awful. Yep. And man, yeah. that that is the most uh, that it. is such a true statement. I just so appreciate yeah. that word there. Yeah, and and by you know and by awful, I mean I don't mean that, that they are awful. Right. I just mean we all have these moments where we sit back and say, "This is this is no fun." Yeah. You know? yeah. And it doesn't have to be conflict. Yeah. It can be cancer. That's yeah, like exactly. you were saying. Yeah, uh-huh. You know, it can be, you know, one of the things that I we have to deal with in our little town is that we're a transitional community. We might have people four years mm-hmm. max, and they're moving on to the next place mm-hmm. and uh, the next town. In fact, Sunday, one of the guys that's been in my discipleship group uh, said, hey, we, we're moving. Mm. And, uh, you know, and I hate that. Yeah. I mean, I... 
I absolutely that's a, that's one of the awful parts mm-hmm. of yeah. it. Right? Sure, sure. Then you have the awesome parts, and and um, so I'm not just talking about the fact that that people can be just terrible people mm-hmm. and make your life miserable. But there are just some things about ministry that you're like, man, this ain't as fun as I thought it was yeah, going to be. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. Yeah, it's hard work. You know, I, it, I, it's the same, same as a good marriage. You know, I tell my wife all the time right. that our marriage would be perfect if she agreed with me on everything. Um, <laughs> That's right. But, but she doesn't, you know. And so sometimes uh, there are those moments of of – of real life that hits you. And that's the same in the church, right. just being able to understand that and then to see that this is the family God has put around us to deal with those issues mm-hmm. and to walk with each other. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, right. that's good. Hey, we, uh, we appreciate your time talking about that. We have some uh, really important questions Very important to end questions. our time together. If yeah. that's all right. Oh. <clears throat> these, oh boy. Yeah. These are really good. So a few weeks ago, Ryan and I uh, did a "Ask Anything" episode, and uh, one of the uh-huh. one of the questions that we were asked was, "Which uh, church father do we think we can take?" And so we've been we've been thinking about that, particularly for you, because we're a little bit concerned about you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we we're, we we want to know if uh, if you happen to meet Brother Tony on the street. <laughs> Do you think you can take him? Yeah, because here's the thing about that guy. That guy wakes up on Sunday mornings and punches his mother-in-law in the face. That's what he said. So, could you take him? No, no, that was a different guy. That was that was uh, that was Doctor Kidd. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, we I know him. I'm, I'm familiar with Doctor Kidd. Um, yeah, he has Dr. a USC Kidd. camp. So anyway, but Brother Tony, yeah, could you take him? Right. Do, that's right. do you think you can take Tony? Well. I, I think <laughs> at the very least I could outrun. There him. Yes. you go. That uh-huh. is a great answer. Yeah. At the, at the <laughs> you know what's interesting is that you know uh, there are folks that listen to the Front Pew podcast and send us pictures of themselves standing oh, outside of Brother Tony's church in front of the side. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I always respond, get out, get, <laughs> yeah. get in your car and leave right yeah, now. Oh, that's funny. Right now. That is so great. Yeah. We have a we have a very good friend of ours uh, who's a pastor in our area who grew up in that environment. Mm-hmm. And so uh, all these names of these people that you play in your show, uh, he grew up yeah. idolizing. Yeah, sure. And then, and then you know, he kind of came out of that a little bit. And so it's just fun to mess with him. Yeah, that's cool. um, yeah. So oh, yeah. that's the first important question. Um, oh, I guess the second important question is, is there anybody else in church history you could take in a fist fight? That I could take in a you fist fight? You could take him. Mm-hmm. Or her, I guess, if you want to go that route. <laughs> Uh, anybody else I could take in a fist fight? Well, um, that is a in church history. That's a great question. <laughs> I think I think at this moment right now, if you could you consider right now church history, yes, uh-huh. do I have to go back a long. No, they don't have to be dead. I mean, so I think right now the one I would feel most confident in a fist fight taken down would be J.I. Packer. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> because he's very old. And <laughs> he, is. <laughs> he is. That's the only reason. Hey, but, you That's know, he may have that old man strength that we don't know about. You know, <laughs> Maybe I, so. Well, he might. He might. That's about the only one. That's I'm not great. sure that he can see so well. Right <laughs> yeah. But it probably, I could probably take J.I. I was only trying to think, who do I who do I know that's really weak? Yeah. Physically? Well, see, that's why I went with David Brainerd, because that guy had all kinds of physical problems. And I thought, <laughs> yeah. that only gives me the yeah. advantage. So yeah. uh, That uh, is yeah. so good. That's a good one. That is so good. Man, that, that's very good. Well, um, to kind of end us out, um, you know, we've talked about uh, the joys of pastoring. And really, it is a joy to pastor. Um, so Absolutely. what are, what are, what's maybe, uh, one of the craziest things that you have dealt with as a pastor? 
the craziest thing I've dealt with as a, as a well, uh, you uh, first of all, just the stuff that you hear people do in their day-to-day life <laughs> to get themselves in messes yeah. Yeah. is incredible. Yeah. Uh, there, at, at some point, you realize you've heard it all. Yeah. There's not, in other words, nothing can surprise you. <laughs> right. And and so I mean you I, don't, I know you guys have done this you visit the jail you visit members in mm-hmm. the jail you you I mean I've been called to testify in court yeah. <laughs> for different members here and there I uh, I received a phone call from a member I was sitting in a coffee shop and I was just doing some reading and a, the, the the guy called me and said hey my wife is in the coffee shop right now and she's talking to a woman that I don't think she should be talking to. Mm. And and I want you to keep an eye. On and I'm looking around like, where is this guy? Where is this guy? Oh god! She's across the street with binoculars. Oh boy, that's great. So you know stuff like that. Uh, but there's a lot of joy to yeah, it. We've it had, is. We've, we've had people that have sold everything they had mm-hmm. and gone to the mission. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We've had people that have decided that they wanted to downsize so that they could invest more money in the mission. Mm-hmm. That's great. And, you know, we've had all kinds of things like that, good mm-hmm. things That's that right. have happened. We've seen, you know, marriages restored. Sure. I've, mm-hmm. I've gotten to baptize some people that now, through discipleship, are deacons mm-hmm. and leaders yeah. in the church. Yeah. And, and uh, so there's a lot of joy. We had Mother's Day. We don't do baby dedication. We call it parent commissioning. Mm-hmm. And, um, and here I was sort of commissioning these parents to be godly parents in front of their kids and all that. And I realized they were like in middle school when I became the pastor. Wow, that's amazing. And there's a lot of joy in it. Yeah, there is. There's a whole lot of joy in it. Yeah, that is so awesome. And thank you for your faithfulness, too, because, you know, a lot of times uh, we don't don't look at guys that have stayed. You said 14 years, right? And uh, and that that takes faithfulness. It does. does. And uh, I'm grateful for that. So, yeah. Man, thank you so much for spending some time with us this afternoon. Yeah, and, uh, I would I would say one final thing. Okay. And and just as a in a, as an encouragement and a challenge to pastors is that I I did end that article with the quote from John Bunyan's mm-hmm. Pilgrim's Progress for a reason. I just spent about a year and a half going through that book in a discipleship group with some men, real slow, like two three pages at mm-hmm. a time, digging out all we could dig out. And one of the things I did as I was reading it this time was noticing how Bunyan's pastoral theology comes through yeah. in the book. Mm-hmm. If you if you know anything about the book, it begins with this guy named Christian, mm-hmm. and he's got a book in his hand, and he's, he's under conviction. Mm-hmm. And he's walking around in a field, and he doesn't know where to go and what to do, and Bunyan introduces a character named Evangelist, mm-hmm. which, which really is just a pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Evangelist meets Christian in the field. And points him to the wicket gate. And, you know, Jesus said the fields are widened to harvest. And so Bunyan is saying, all right, one of the things about being a pastor is you need to be in the field mm-hmm. where the lost people are. Mm-hmm. At the very end of the book, um, when they're getting ready to cross the river, mm-hmm. which represents death, they meet a gardener. And the gardener encourages them and reminds them of the promises of Scripture. And then they go through the through the waters of death. Mm-hmm. And so you've got all and sprinkled in between there these different pastoral moments. Mm-hmm. And what Bunyan is saying is that uh, from the moment a person you know is hears the gospel, uh, he should hear it from a pastor in the field. We should be evangelists in that sense. But even at the moment of death, we should be there with people, yeah. Yeah. preparing them to to cross the river and see Jesus. Mm. And all through the book are these these pastoral encouragements. 
And so I would I would encourage you, if you haven't read it in a while, to read Pilgrim's Progress mm-hmm. again, but read it as a pastor. Mm-hmm. And, and, and read how Bunyan, as a pastor, uh, sort of shares in that book sort of the... Uh, the role, the responsibilities that we have, and even even in that little part where they go to Doubting Castle, mm-hmm. uh, and they're there with the giant despair, mm. that there's a key that l- lets them out, which yeah. is the promises of God, yeah. and that as a pastor, as a pastor, we have those promises yeah, ourselves, yeah, yeah. and there, there's going to be moments of doubt and despair, yeah. and there's going to be highs and lows, and there's going to be trials and temptations, and there's going to be those that we're pastoring that fail over and over and over again. Yeah. Yet that doesn't mean that we don't have a responsibility to faithfully minister to them so that they die with joy in Jesus. That's that's ultimately what we're aiming at. That's it. Absolutely. That's good. That's great. Well, we've really enjoyed our time together. Uh, We want to hit you with one more question as you you, uh, head out, and that's one we discuss every every time on the the podcast. But uh, what you reading? Well, I am reading a memoir of a guy. I wish I could remember the name of it who grew up in uh, Iran, and then he became a Christian. He's a Catholic, and mm. it's a story of how he went from being a, a secular Muslim to being a Catholic, and it's a fascinating book, but I can't remember the name of it, so I'm reading that right now. Yeah. And uh, I'm also, uh, I just finished, I got a little preaching book that I've been reading and a couple other little things. I've always got like four or five things yeah. going. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah. terrible thing. Yeah. It's a terrible yeah. thing. It is, but, it is uh, also good. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Well, we have appreciated uh, you being on the podcast with us, and we appreciate our listeners uh, being on the podcast. Uh, and uh, we do encourage you to like, rate, and review us on iTunes. We are at 47, so three more to 50, and we're going to do some sort of giveaway. Uh, <laughs> So John is trying to see uh, how much uh, second mortgage he can take out of his house That's to right. figure out what we can get you. Uh, <laughs> right. So we're working on that. But we do appreciate you listeners. We do want to encourage you to check out uh, the Front Pew podcast. Uh, it's fantastic. And if you like us, you will definitely like them. So uh, <laughs> yeah. please check that out. Uh, we do want to um, uh, ask you not to go to uh, Brother Tony's church and take pictures. <laughs> Um, but yeah be careful Uh, other than that we appreciate you being with us and we'll see you next time until then keep loving your imperfect church and remember one day she will be perfected in glory